Hey folks, let's spend some time with friends up north. Pat Kreitlow of Up North News is on Lake Wissota. Sarah Yacoub of the Monaco Brewing Company Super Pack is on the Mississippi River. And up on Lake Monaco is Kirk Bangstead of the Monaco Brewing Company. Wherever you are, welcome. You're up north. Hello and welcome to the Up North Podcast. I'm Kirk Bankstad along with Pat Kreitlow and Sarah Yacoub. Coming up on our program this week, the deeper meaning of Christmas carols. It's not that they have some kind of hidden message. It's that we sing the song so automatically that maybe we've lost sight of the origins of our favorite holiday tunes and what they call on us to do. Here's a hint. It's not all about shopping. It's about how we treat our neighbors, all of our neighbors. Ah, all of the neighbors. Okay. <laughs> um, Kirk, I am glad you suggested this topic because... Look, there are a lot of fun songs about Christmas time, and that's good. There's Sleigh Ride, Jingle Bells, Rudolph for the kids. There's songs about the weather. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. There are the more grown-up songs, songs of love, like All I Want for Christmas is You, songs of heartache, like Please Come Home for Christmas, songs you'd consider mischievous or lecherous, like Baby, It's Cold Outside. And, uh, of course, that song about a forgettable one-night stand a year ago last Christmas. Um, oh, and there's songs of crass materialism, like Santa Baby. I mean, we got the whole range here. And, th and there's songs that make no sense in this day, day and age because uh, have either one of you roasted chestnuts over an open fire? Has anybody? Does anybody? <laughs> Look, they're all fine. They're, they're fine songs. But we're going to spend this hour getting back to basics, getting back to the reason for the season and the lessons that it seems far too many Americans need to relearn. They need to relearn that it's it's not all about you. So we're gonna have less Chris Kringle and more Chris Kramer. And if you don't know who Chris Kramer is, I don't either, but Kirk <laughs> has our guest. And so he's gonna tell us about our guest, Chris Kramer this hour. Pat, it's almost like you've been in the news before in a past life because that segue was pretty unbelievable. I, I've done this once or twice. Yes. <laughs> So Chris Kramer, so first of all, I, uh, I called up my pastor, Aaron Kirby, uh, in Manaqua, who was at the Episcopal Church in Manaqua, and she had like four services going on this week. It's probably not the best time to get a pastor to be a guest on a show. Probably, right before, yeah, yeah. Right before Christmas. But uh, she had a really great friend of hers named Chris Kramer, who is a chaplain at, a, at Atrium Health, a, a health system. And so he's not doing the huge lift, heavy lifting uh, for Christmas. And this guy, holy cow, he, he is a super smart dude. He, he got a, he's educated at Duke University Divinity School and Oxford University in Great Britain. And so what we're going to do after we go to the break is we're going to listen to five beautiful, beautiful Christmas songs uh, uh, and, and really get into their lyrics. And then Chris is going to help us understand that some of the original Christmas classics aren't merely about celebrating the birth of Christ. They're reminding us to, to do more than just sit in the pews and mouth the words. These are call to actions that can maybe make this crazy world a little less crazy if more people would live out the faith they claim to have. You know, and I, I really like that we're doing this. And we don't want folks forgetting that it's not like the news is taking a break this week or ever. Mike Gableman and Robin Voss are still wasting thousands upon thousands of our taxpayer dollars on a phony investigation that is just as sloppy as it is cynical. 
We've got Scott Walker coming out from under his rock to promote a tax plan that hikes sales tax on the working community so that millionaires won't have to pay state income taxes anymore, because that makes sense. And of course, COVID is on the march again, all because the Trump cult wants to keep pretending to be tough guys, even as 800,000 Americans have died. This is all still going on and we're still following it, but we need a step back from time to time. And this is our time to do that by getting back in touch with what makes this Christmas season meaningful to all of us. So we're really looking forward to that uh, this hour. We hope you will too. So when we come back, Pastor Chris Kramer will join us. Welcome back to the Up North podcast. I'm Sarah Yacoub along with Kirk Bangstad and Pat Kreitlow. If you missed it at the top of our show, our guest is Father Chris Kramer, a chaplain with Atrium Health. Now, uh, Chris was educated at Duke University Divinity School and at Oxford University in Great Britain. His wife, Caroline, is an Episcopal Church rector. She's from England. They met in Scotland while studying together at Oxford. They have four adult children. He's done mission work in Africa and Central America. He's made pilgrimages to the Holy Land and as a hospital chaplain has seen up close what the COVID pandemic is doing to people's health and to people's spirits. And Father Chris, it's it's very much a pleasure to have you here with us uh, during this holiday season. And, and Kirk wants to set up what we're going to discuss here during the segment. Thank yeah. you very much. Great to, great to have you here, uh, Father Chris. And the reason I, I got uh, Father Chris on the show is because, you know, I've been doing, you know, Pat and Sarah and I have been doing this podcast for a while now, but um, my past, uh, before I became a political activist and even a brew pub owner, was I went to, I went to school for music and I was a classical singer and my family is very uh, musically oriented. And so to me, Christmas means beautiful music. And so uh, Pat's like, Kirk, it's a, we got to do something about Christmas. And I'm like, we got, that means music to me. And so I started listening to all these Christmas, Christmas music, and it dawned on me that so many of these songs are about helping the poor, about helping a stranger. Um, and it's like, wow, like this is fitting right into our podcast because we're a progressive. Imagine the message of the gospel showing up at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so... So I was like, of course, of course, we have to do a show about getting into these songs and showing that that there's so many uh, there's so many people on the right who claim Christmas and say that there's a war on Christmas when to me, it's the opposite to me, uh, progressives and folks who care more about (laughs) care care about others and their neighbors. And that's what the progressive (laughs) message is, is we're the really ones walking the walk in this thing. And, And those guys are talking the talk, but it's shallow. So welcome Father Chris and uh, and please Thank tell you. tell me your kind of thoughts about this overall. What are you doing this show? And then we'll dive right into the songs after that. I I think it's great. I, I think the more we can explore art in connection with the religious festivals, the the better our understanding of those festivals will be. And I, I think the there's such diversity around how poets through the years and musicians have created beautiful music. But at the end of the day, they're all trying to make sense of a story that um, many would argue change the, changes the world even still today. So for us to kind of dive in behind the words and find out whether there's any relevance to what's going on today, um, I think it's actually kind of cool. Um, I'm looking forward to listening and maybe making some sense of a few things, but thanks for 
thanks for inviting me. It's really cool to be in Wisconsin tonight. <laughs> you are so welcome. We're so happy to have you. This is this really warms my heart to be doing this. So, okay, Thank so our, produce, our producer is Evan, and we put a load of work on him today. So the first song we're going to do is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Um, and we're going to listen to the, uh, it's the uh, Robert Shaw Chorale out of uh, at, at the Atlanta Symphony Chorus, which is basically the bedrock, kind of they're the staple of great Christmas choral music, that uh, Robert Shaw Chorale from about 30 years ago. So Evan, take it away, my friend. Father, tell us, tell us what you know about O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, that beautiful piece of music. It's a, I mean, it's a beautiful song. Um, the, um, the, the, the writer of the song is a guy named uh, John Mason Neal. He, he, uh, he was the son of two evangelical Christians. His, his father was a priest, um, Cornelius, and his mother's name Susanna, not to be confused with Susanna Wesley. But uh, Neil was a, um, a Cambridge guy, and, but a member of the Oxford movement, which in the late uh, 19th century was all about the return to more high church worship. So the majesty and mystery of worship was, was very important to his theology. So much so that uh, a lot of people don't know this, but John Neil was actually inhibited from serving in the church for 15 years by his bishop. He got in trouble. And I'm guessing that's because he probably liked to swing incense and do more formal things. But he established a, a, a convent. The, his sister established the Order of the Holy Cross. So he's very much into the Anglo-Catholic side of, of uh, the church's life. And he was from uh, Sussex, south of, of London, kind of uh, southeast. And uh, you know, he had lung cancer, et cetera, et cetera. So my guess is some of his words were about trying to um, break through um, the story of the gospel, breaking through the misery and the mire of the ordinary life to help people see and escape um, to God with us. And it, it's kind of exciting that there's this message that breaks us through the ordinary and helps us to touch the extraordinariness of God. And it's given to us by this ordinary guy, uh, John Mason Neal. Okay, so what I got from this song was there, uh, the, and, and you were going to mention the seventh verse. It talked a lot. Oh, I mean, yeah. To me, it's immigration. Uh, it, so it's 
O come, thou key of David, come open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads, make safe, open your home. You know, what's, what's the one that you, you wanted to talk about? Oh, the, the, um, there, there are several different translations, different versions of, of the hymn. And I found one from the English hymnal, which I'm guessing is probably closer to the, the original. And it, it was, uh, Oh, come, O king of nations, talking about, about Jesus in a, in a land that had a king at the time, uh, bind in one the hearts of all mankind, bid all our sad divisions cease and be yourself our king of peace. So it's basically taking all the structures of society and the class system and all these things and crashing them down around the kingship of Jesus Christ. So classism, separation, all of these divisions, he would say, let's make them all go away so that we all stand equally at the foot of Christ. And that's kind of a radical message at a time when you know people like their place in society. Well, you, you couldn't have you couldn't have hit it more on on the head here. I mean, just just the things you said in just the past few seconds. Bind as one our hearts, uh, cease our divisions, uh, and, right? And, you know, stand equally. Uh, basically, the the things that, and I, I'm I don't mean to be cavalier about this, but you've just described what the entire Fox News crowd would call socialism, which the rest of us oh, yeah. would, would would describe as the common good. And looking out for right. one another, um, sure. The, and the, these are not two. Again, we'll we'll have time with with all these various songs. But you know, the 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 point I'm getting from this is, you don't have to give up who you are as an individual to still look out for the common good, to still stand equally with one another in terms of compassion, in terms of binding our hearts together, in terms of looking out for one another. You can do all that without losing sight of who you are as a person. I think okay. the magic is that in our individuality, we discover our relationship. And it's through discovering who you really are that you discover who we are. Okay, um, I love this, I love this. We're gonna move on to the next one, which is Away in a Manger. What a, what a, what a I mean, it's obvious what this one's gonna be all about, but uh, uh, Evan, take it away, and then we'll talk about it. Thank you. 
Mm, beautiful. <laughs> All right, Father. What do we? What do? What do we? What do we have oh. to think about this one? It, it's such a it's such a beautiful piece of music. Of course, there there are two tr traditions about which music goes with the words. If you were in the UK, uh, you would get a different piece of music. There's sort of the classical one that you hear in America, and then there's a different kind of music. They're both in in a wonderful way pointing to that innocence uh, of the Christ child. You get this sense of a vulnerableness of the story of Christianity, and so my mind immediately takes me to this little refugee family that didn't have a place to stay and some kind guy happens to have a little stable out back and he lets them go sleep with the animals and you know i've been to bethlehem and and so my mind listening to the music i'm perplexed by the fact that in reality there's a huge wall there now um, on the west bank of jerusalem and so just outside that wall is bethlehem and so the division of this huge wall keeping people apart is right there on the doorstep of the very place where Jesus crashed into, into the world. And, uh, and so I, I love the, the song, but it, it's just a constant reminder of that, you know, as a baby is innocent and has to be cared for by responsible adults, you know, we are the caretakers of the message of Christianity. And, and it's a message of looking after the vulnerable, looking after the innocent, not being vitriolic and arrogant and, and uh, lording over other people. It, it's, a, it's a really radical message, honestly. Well, and I, I, one of the things I love about Christmas is that it really brings us back to the message of our faith. And it feels like we're being tugged as a, as a society away from this idea of protecting the innocent baby, whether it's the baby Jesus, or we know Christ tells us that how you treat the least among us is how you treat him. So, you know, this seems like a one plus one equals two, very simple, but at the same time, we're in a society where we're all watching how we treat people at the Southern border. We're all watching how, you know, we, we turn our backs on uh, people in our own communities. Uh, we we had mm. refugees come out, uh, the opportunity to have them come out to Hudson and the uproar of oh no they can't come here and right. you know it, it's 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 fear driven it's sad um but you know you sort of hope that in singing these songs that those words really sit on people's hearts and kind of drive them away from that fear that i feel like is a uh, driving so much these days i just I, I mean the idea of this song a lot of people argue it's it's questionable whether this is true true that Martin Luther, the, the great reformer of the church in the 16th century, that this was a poem that was a cradle poem that a lot of German mothers would, would sing to their children. And then it was later changed and twisted a little bit and it made into what we now know as this hymn. Um, I think it's kind of interesting that, um, that it's lasted all this time. But every time I hear it, I, I think of um, imagining um, someone standing in a tornado scene with all this you know the wrecked houses from last week and someone is standing there holding a child that they found in the rubble and they're holding this baby and you think to yourself who in their right mind would think for one second to politicize that image and to try and capitalize on this image of of this vulnerable sweet child that was innocent 
or turn um, them away. Instead of saying we need to respond, we need to act, we need to have a heart. And and so that's what bugs me today. I see everything being politicized. And instead of that message melting our hearts, instead of hardening us, it should melt us. It should, because it would help us understand, you know, the intrinsic value of, of every child that is born. And when we we talk about that and we look at the what it, what is the, the 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 modern day manifestation of that and i think of you know the the dreamers uh, that you know th that the doctor sure. policy uh, deals with these are these are people who were babies when their parents mm. i mean crawled over barbed wire if you will and risked all all manner of things to to give their children a better life now those children are working right. hard and are, are looking to do their best and and you know how do we treat them so we are going to talk more about this yeah with father chris kramer on the other side of this break and talk more about the uh, the holiday tunes of the seasons and the message you bring to us we'll be back you're up north Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you this child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know? Welcome back to the cabin. And oh, does Pentatonix speak to Christmas? I'm Sarah Yacoub along with Kirk Bangstad and Pat Krylow. And we've got Father Chris Kramer with us tonight. He's a chaplain at Atrium Health. And, and our theme tonight, uh, Songs of the Season and what an event that uh, took place more than 2000 years ago can still tell us now through the music of, of hymns, uh, songs, poems that were written all those years ago, because there are, there are themes that continue to run through the human existence, uh, not, just, not just love, not just, uh, not just babies, uh, but you know, war and peace and immigration and uh, standing together in, instead of uh, you know standing apart from one another. Uh, Kirk, this was uh, something that you thought would be a, a great idea for the season. So we, before we return to Father Chris, I, I thought you know so far so good. You, you you think you're getting something out of this, or have you learned anything yeah. yet? Or yeah, I mean I, I love it. This just warms my heart. I, I I don't do enough of this anymore, and with COVID, it's not like I'll be going to a bunch of church uh, over the next few days. So this is kind of my church, I think. So. I love it. So, <laughs> all right. So the next song, before I start crying, the next song is, uh, is, is from the group called Chanticleer, which I saw with my dad when I was in the eighth grade at a choral director conference. And it's an all male acapella group out of San Francisco that it's just, that is one of the best they do. What they do is, is better than anybody else that that's uh, in the world. So uh, it's, a, uh, this song is, it came upon a midnight clear. I'll say it again. It came upon a midnight clear. It's the second verse. Uh, and uh, Evan, take it away. Yet with the walls of sin and strife, the world has so 
let, let's let's do those those words again. The the music was beautiful, Kirk, but I, mm -hmm. I mean, the words are right here in front of me. They need to be shared again of that particular verse. Yet the woes of sin and strife the world had suffered long, beneath the angel strain have rolled two thousand years of wrong, and man at war with man hears not the love song which they bring. Oh, hush the noise, ye men of strife, and hear the angels sing. I don't know the year that that uh, that this came from, but the themes, uh, Father Chris, seem awfully clear. It's it's amazing. So it's around 1850. They they think that um, the guy's name was Edmund Sears, and he wrote this. He was a pastor. And um, I guess in 1850, I think there was probably all sorts of revolution going on in Europe. And I think what Spanish-American War was just before that. So um, the thing I, I read a little bit about Sears, and I found it interesting that he was struggling with melancholy. So probably depression. And he was a part-time cleric in Massachusetts at the time that he wrote this. And so in a way, he poetically states um, a sort of hopefulness for a better world, a world that's more peaceful, that a, a world that actually embraces the message of Christmas, that Christ can come in and bring peace to the whole world. And it's, a, it's an amazing, and again, radical song that calls people together and, and it doesn't divide people. And who would have thought that a guy struggling with depression um, in his little Massachusetts rectory would compose such a beautiful uh, song that's sung by so many around the world. Okay, so I just was thinking, you know, this is all about peace. It's all about togetherness. Um, <laughs> we've seen some Christmas cards online from some of our Republican congressmen. I think it's Congressman Babert, and there's a guy, too, from Montana, that their whole family had AK-47. Oh, with their guns. With their yeah. guns in, in front of the Christmas guns, tree. In front of a Christmas tree. Oh, um, does I that, just don't, I don't get that. Does that have anything I, I to do with it came upon a midnight clear? <laughs> you know? I mean, I don't know. You, I don't know any hymns or carols for Christmas that tell you to get your bunker ready in the backyard and store up your your arms. You know, it's, it's supposed to be about... Um, getting ready for peace and to be the embodiment of the peace you wish to see in the world. So anybody that's kind of advocating this um, anti-peace rhetoric strikes me to being going directly against the message of Christmas, um, which is about reaching out to your neighbor and, and finding out who your neighbor actually is, not showing up at your neighbor's door with a gun saying, don't step on, don't tread on me. You know, you tread on me, this is what you're going to get. That, that's not a, a message of Christmas. That's, um, that's so foreign. And yet I, I see it in a lot of places. I see that autonomous kind of individuality. And it manifests itself in the theology of some of the churches we see in the country. You know, you go to some parts of the country, these big churches, and their message is all about indi you know, your individual relationship with Jesus. And so everything is about me and God, me and God, me and God, and it has nothing to do with me and my neighbor. And I think the transformation of Christmas is when all of a sudden the message of Christmas transforms not just the relationship between the divine and humanity, but that relationship being transformed impacts everybody around you. So suddenly your neighbor becomes visible to you because God is dwelling within you. 
And to me, that's the message of Christmas. That's not about guns and threats and, <laughs> and being strong. That makes yeah. no sense to me. Okay. I, oh my God. I love it. Um, we're going to move to the next song because we got two more and I want to hit them both. Uh, this next one is an actual spiritual, um, uh, you know, oh, good. called a, a Negro spiritual, African-American spiritual, you know, it's, it's the, the, the linguistics change over the years, but, uh, you're the one who suggested this one. I had Chanticleer singing this one again, but this is actually, a, a, an artist that was on the YouTube that, that we were listening good. to. So, Evan, take it away. Uh, this is a spiritual Good. called Rise Up Shepherd and Follow. There's a star in the east on Christmas morn. Rise up, shepherd, and follow. It will lead to the place where the babe is born. Rise up, shepherd, and follow. Leave your flocks and leave your lamb. Rise up, shepherd, and follow. Leave your sheep and leave your ram. Rise up, shepherd, and follow. Follow, follow. Rise up, shepherd, and follow. Follow the star of Bethlehem. Rise up, shepherd, and follow. If you take me All right. Thanks, Evan. Oh, Appreciate so it, good. Man. Oh, that's so good. It's wonderful. And, and you know what's great is you hear it, and on the surface, you hear the, you know, rise up shepherds referring to the shepherds in the fields, you know, tending their sheep. They see the star, and they're called to rise up and go find the babe wrapped in a manger. And, um, but actually, this was actually quite a subversive spiritual that, you know, you can imagine on the plantations, the slave owners would have the slaves come to the, the house for Christmas, and they would sing this song, you know, also like right on King Jesus and some of the other spirituals that you might have known. But this one, this one is actually kind of sneaky, because in telling the message of the shepherds to go find Jesus, they're also telling the slaves to rise up and find their freedom. It's a, it's a wonderful message to say, you know what, you can break free from anything that holds you captive and you can find your liberation. And so um, I just think it's a, a fantastic uh, song. It's a shame that it took until like the 1980s before any of these spirituals started showing up in, in mainstream church hymnals uh, like this one, but I'm glad you included it. All right. So that was, we, we added that one, but we, we only have time for one more. And this is my favorite one. It's Oh Holy Night. The, uh, the guy who sings it is, is from like the 80s. Nobody even knows this guy, but it blew me away. And I posted about it earlier on Facebook. I really, I, I, I love it. This makes everyone cry. Uh, Evan, mm. and the, the third verse is perfect for what we're doing. But Evan, play away, my friend. His gospel is peace. Change shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name. 
shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy in grateful chorus raise we let all within us praise his holy We need to give him a standing ovation. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. So we, we played a lot of music. So tell us about what this third verse means. It's, uh, I mean, I, I think that one of the coolest things is it became a kind of Christmas anthem for the Northeastern United States back in the 1850s because the third verse very clearly supports the abolitionist movement and the the composer the the actually the writer of the english version of of this hymn uh was uh, i think he was a unitarian minister and uh and was very much against slavery and so you wouldn't have found that song being sung in the south but now it's sort of an anthem at every shopping mall in alabama um it's it's wonderful <laughs> that um here's this fantastic song that's been re-recorded by every pop artist known um, and in that third verse is very much about liberating the captive back then that was an actual liberation of human beings who were slaves. I would argue that today we can still take a similar kind of meaning out of, of the text, because many of us, um, whoever your political affiliation has been perhaps you've been held captive by this belief system, by what people are telling you, you have to believe this and you have to leave. And suddenly you can be set free that the message of Christmas is to not allow the, any ideology that's against Christ, against the principal teachings of Jesus himself. Don't allow any secular power to sway you from pursuing the peace and liberation that comes in Jesus Christ. You know, let the chains be broken in today's society that we might all march and follow a peaceful, loving Jesus Christ. It, to me, it's a fantastic hymn. And I think when this is over, I'm going to go put it on on my Alexa and I'm going to play it loud. <laughs> well, and I, I love what you're saying, Father, because it, it's such a remarkable challenge to us all to take a step back and say, wait, who are we being led by? And yeah. for what purpose and where, who do we answer to? And really taking a step and asking yourself some hard questions and 
recentering ourselves right. in our faith and in Christ and what he actually stood for and what he teaches us. It's just, it's a phenomenal. Absolutely. Point. And not to talk too much, but my, you know, my job, my day job is, is working in a hospital with very, very sick people. And I think what's really intriguing is be they Republican or Democrat or independent or whatever, when you're really sick and you're dying and you're hurting and you strip it all away, if you play one of these hymns, it means a very different thing to that person sure does. because they're not in the trappings of modern culture and society. Their Facebook feed is not influencing the way they hear the message of hope, which comes in the gospel. You and are, so I, I just think I wish we could all kind of capture that stripped away kind of vulnerability you have and then re-enter people, Christmas. You've seen them in their hospital gowns, which is the modern day equivalent of swaddling clothes that I mean, it just totally. takes us right down to our humanity and and Father Chris Kramer, we could not be more thankful for your time and for really helping us, uh, you know, appreciate the season. Thank you again for being with this us. This has tonight. been great. Let's do it again. <laughs> We'd love that. <laughs> we will be back to wrap up the show in just a bit. You're up north. I'm Pat Kreitlow along with Kirk Bankstead and Sarah Yacoub. Uh, thanks so much, Kirk, for making me feel guilty. We've listened to all this beautiful music, and I have to sit here and admit that my favorite Christmas album is still 1977's John Denver and the Muppets, you know, A Christmas Together. Um, and it's going to be Muppet music after this, but I'm thankful for this hour. Uh, and, and Sarah, really, it got us talking during the, the breaks as well, you know, about what what we should be taking away from this. You know, we're so blessed to be able to take this time to listen to this beautiful music with powerful messaging, but it, it sort of brings this question to mind that's been weighing on me lately, which is who is it withstanding to have these conversations when our walk doesn't match our talk? Is it a friend? Is it our spouse, our coworker, our boss, our neighbor? Who is it in our lives, a stranger? Who is it that we give permission to say, really your actions don't match your words or what's going on here and who holds us accountable and you know are we holding ourselves accountable you know every time i see one of those trucks with you know profanity and some uh, whether it's biden or someone else who's in the crosshairs of hate at the moment i and then i see a cross or some symbol of faith i'm going how do you do you put the two together so much hate with um with uh, self-identifying in your faith. And so that's the question I'm sort of left with today yeah. of how do we bridge that gap? Yeah. And to me, it's, 
you know, it's been always been music uh, for me, and that's why I did this or want to do this show tonight. Uh, I can't. I I'm the I'm as bad as anybody. I get I get. I'm a Facebook warrior too, you know. And if I get riled up, I start teasing people. I start being sarcastic, and and uh, you know, as soon as I listen to Oh Holy Night, I just start crying, and I realize. That those are the greater angels. Uh, this music means something to me, so that's how I self-regulate. Um, uh, you know, and I don't know. What do you? What about you, Pat? I'm very fortunate. I, I, you know, I, I've um, I've moved around a bit over the years as as we've gone through different phases of of my wife's career and mine. And every so often, we find you know just amazing people in our lives. Uh, and that includes pastors over the years as well. And uh, I feel very fortunate to have found one that, that we also consider a good friend. And I know that, you know, most people are, are not that fortunate and, uh, or they don't have uh, a spouse, you know, uh, again, the way that I do that I have somebody we can talk to about these things. And no matter how much we get worked up, she's always reminding me, you know, to look for the good ones, you know, that, that the good ones are out there. Um, and, and I was talking to somebody by email today who's going through a, a particularly rough patch and reminding them that we just have to go to the next good thing. And sometimes that feels like that path is very long, but the next good thing is lurking out there and we need hours like this to, to do that. So in the minute or so that we have left, uh, I, I just wanted to find out real quick um, Sarah, are you going away? Do you have you no know, old fashioned family Christmas? What's you doing the Griswolds? What are you doing? We are heading out to California between uh Christmas and New Year's. And I had a little bit of a crisis because I don't know how to dress for 40 to 50 degree weather anymore. And my mom laughed <laughs> and said, You grew up here. And I said, Well, much has changed. <laughs> so that's us. How about you all? What are you up to? Kirk, what about you? Uh, I, well, you're traveling here. next month, so you probably are taking it easy till then, right? So I'm going. I'm going to Costa Rica because uh, COVID's crazy in Wisconsin, and this is where I go to relax and get healthy and surf. Yeah, well, I, I hope the both of you enjoy the season so much. I don't want to forget before we go to thank our hosts at News Talk 92.7, home of the Devil Radio app, where you can listen to the show on demand on the weekends. Catch us on our website, upnorthpodcast.com. Uh, watch us on YouTube or on the Facebook page of the Monaco Brewing Company. And uh, you can catch my work over at upnorthnewswi.com. Uh, again, don't forget the WI on that. So with that, it's time for us to go. Uh, thanks to our guest, Pastor Chris Kramer. Thank you for joining us at the cabin. We're taking next week off. We'll see you January 5th. Merry Christmas, you guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.